Hi, friends. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you like what we talk about here on the Belonging Podcast, I think you'll really love my book. It's called Root and Ritual, Timeless Ways to Connect to Land, Lineage, Community, and the Self. And it is available right now wherever books are sold. It is a beautifully illustrated guide to connecting with the earth, your ancestors, and your communities as you come home to your whole self. Though we live in a radically different looking world, the needs of our bodies and spirits are the same as the ancestors we come from. I divide this book into four parts, land, lineage, community, and self, and I take you on a journey for engaging more deeply with your life. I provide stories from my own life and I share rituals, recipes, and ancestral wisdom, journal prompts to support you on your individual and unique and sacred path. You can get more info and bonuses at rootandritualbook.com and pick it up at your favorite bookstore online or in person. Thanks for all your support. It means the world to me. Welcome to Belonging, a podcast that explores how to come home to yourself in the age of loneliness. I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on a journey of courageous reconnection. As we explore topics like ancestral wisdom, cultivating meaningful sisterhood, living with the seasons and cycles of the earth and your body, and what it means to be a good ancestor. Hello, and welcome back to Belonging, the podcast. It's Becca Piastrelli here, your hostess, guide, and interviewer of interesting people. Very happy to be here with you today. I'm tired. I was going to like try to like pretend I was all peppy, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep it real with my people. I'm super tired today, and um, that's an interesting thing, right? Being tired or, you know, if you're a bleeding person, being near your moon or, you know, not sleeping well because your kid kept you up all night or whatever it is, and then needing to show up to things the next day. I have to say I don't have a nine-to-five, but I do work for myself, and so when I work... That's how I create livelihood. So I had a thing today where I woke up and was like, oh, I'm tired. I should also say I have a little autoimmune thing with subclinical hypothyroidism. I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but my thyroid operates a little bit slower. And so that creates a lot of tiredness too. So I am honestly working with fatigue often. And need to take a lot of rest and a lot of breaks. But notice when I woke up this morning, some old programming, honestly, some programming, you know, what can I blame? The society, the system, capitalism, that tells me to just soldier on. You know, there were some things I couldn't not do today, but there were some things I could not do. And there were some plans I could shift And that's something I'm constantly reminding myself of, which is, oh, plans can change. Things can move. And so I spent the morning in beautiful meditation and in my garden, didn't hit up the laptop until I felt like I could really handle it. Took a lot of breaks. 
all the things. So yeah, it's a struggle for sure. I think a lot of times we put the practices in place. We have the candles and the journals and the affirmations on Instagram and all those things, but it can be, it can be hard to remember on a cellular level and repattern. And as someone who's spent years really working to repattern these behaviors, I noticed this morning, it took a little bit of movement and forgetting and then remembering to really get me to a place of, oh, I don't have to suffer today and I can just be tired and and that's all right. I don't need to be peak. I don't need to be chugging the espressos. It is all good. So here I am showing up a little tired, but still so loving this work. Both can be true. I have a really, really cool episode because we're getting on, what are they calling it? Spooky season. We're getting to October. Yeah. Raise your hand if you are so into October and want to put your witch hat right on. My hand is raised. So speaking of witch, ooh, that word, what does it bring up in you? Does it make you excited? Does it make you nervous? Does it make you intrigued? I don't know. I have today Erica Feldman, who is the creator and main shopkeeper of a shop in Salem, Massachusetts, otherwise known as Witch City, called House Witch. H-A-U-S, House Witch. <laughs> I don't know if you say it like that. She also has written this amazing book called House Magic, Transform Your Home with Witchcraft. It's so good. Highly, highly, highly recommend yeah, Erica's super rad. She has a background in gender studies. She studied witchcraft and the sacred feminine, and she really comes to these practices from a feminist perspective, while also very much and also very much honoring magic, energy work, making meaning of even the most mundane tasks. And so she has created this business around infusing more meaning, more magic into the home and really seeing that as a powerful tool in patriarchy to resist, to re-empower, to unlearn and rewild. Oh, it's just the coolest. I'm a big fan of hers. I've been a fan of House Witch forever. If you live on the East Coast, you got to check out her shop. I haven't yet, but I feel like I've stocked it enough on Instagram to fully know it. Um, they have really cool events and workshops. As you'll hear in our interview, she recommends steering clear of Salem on Halloween, unless you wear a diaper. <laughs> you'll understand what I mean when you listen. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say about this is I have some ancestral connection to Salem. I've been to Salem before and did the whole witch tours that show the history of the birding times, particularly as it related to New England and what happened in Salem. And I think I was too young to really internalize what that meant and what, and what it's done in the course of history. And I also have in the last year, last year and a half, come to understand I have on my mother's side a lot of connection to Salem, particularly connected to the folks who who led the burning. 
and did the convicting and I'm sure some, some unknown stories as well. And, and that's a hard truth to sit with and know as someone who feels just so drawn to folk magic, just so drawn to feminism, just so drawn to decolonization, just so drawn to the old indigenous ways, just so drawn to the land to know that I have some ancestors who really caused a lot of harm in this city that Erica is doing such beautiful, such beautiful work in. So I continue to sit with that and wonder when the time will come for me to make proper pilgrimage to Salem and to be with all of that. I look forward to the day. Something tells me it's happening in the next year or so. That's how it works with me with pilgrimage. It just starts knocking on my door in my dreams, and I know I got to go. Anyways, in this conversation with Erica, we talk about so many things about her perspective on the word witch, the role of privilege in being able to claim witch. We share times when each of us have shared our relationship to magic and have been criticized for it, how house witch really came about and the intentions behind it, and then how to infuse magic and meaning into the mundane and to not give in to the patriarchal story that housework is less than or menial or silly or unintelligent or whatever the word is. And I love what Erica has to say about that. I felt very empowered in that. And then I wanted to just immediately go on her shop and buy all the products We talk about a few of the products that she really recommends that she co-created with her team. And all of that is linked in the show notes on belongingpodcast.com. My mom said it was confusing. So I'm just going to let you know, when you go to belongingpodcast.com and you scroll down, you can see all the episodes and you can click on, there's probably an image, a square image that Caitlin has so deftly put up there. You click on that image or the title and it takes you to the episode page. And that is where you will see the show notes and leave a comment if you want to leave a comment. And let me know what you think because I'm always wondering what came up for you in these episodes, what questions are happening, what you already have in practice, what ahas, what conversations. I get a lot of DMs and emails about this. And I just want to say, if you feel like you're able to share it further and wider, because what is said for one may be said for all. And I am getting these responses from you that are so powerful about these episodes and the conversations you're having with your partners and the conversations you're having with your parents and the ways you're parenting and the ways you're approaching your neighbors and your community. And I've just, I'm so blown away, to be honest. I'm so touched. And I love that we are all collectively in this work of belonging, which, you know, is no small thing. So anyways, let's get on to the show. Erica Feldman of House Witch. I'm so excited for this. Let's do it. We'll just dive in. Wonderful. I'll I'll start by giving so much gratitude to you and your work. I first came across you on Instagram, which is like, I think how a lot of people find House Witch maybe. But then I found that my friends and my teacher, Liz Miliarelli, my friend, Jesse Susanna, Money Witch, these people I really love and admire were stocking their medicines and their zines and stuff in your, in your store. 
And then I realized you were in Salem, Massachusetts, which <laughs> also known as a witch city, which I have ancestral ties to actually, which are very complicated and intense for me to look at, but mm-hmm. it's still a place that, um, stirs me when I think about it. And I have yet to have made it to your store, but I get to have you, the founder, the creatrix, the head witch. I don't know what the term you use is, but Erica, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom with us. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. I will do my best to share wisdom (laughs) Um, and not just ramblings, but um, yeah, thank you so much. And it's, I mean, it's worth saying that like, you know, you found Housewitch on Instagram and honestly, like Housewitch finds everybody on Instagram. I mean, that's how we're all finding each other now, yeah. I think, you know, but I definitely, I, it's funny because I actually found Jesse Susanna via Liz. Uh, oh. <laughs> one of her, she posted, you know, this is now five years, four year, or five years ago, but she posted, um, you know, this is basically like, this is what my accountant looks like. Cause like, I'm a magical witch with like a magical witch business. And so why wouldn't my accountant be magical too? Right. Um, and I've told this story before, but it, it came at this really like crucial moment in time where I had just sort of decided to think about opening a store and I had like no one in my life that really had any sort of like business or financial um, experience to advise me Mm -hmm. uh, in that pursuit. And I happened to come upon Liz's post about Jesse Susanna and sort of the rest is history. But I still remember that Instagram. I remember exactly what the picture looked like. Instagram, you know, it's changed over the years and now it's um, making a lot of people, myself included, a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But, but it's also the nexus of so many amazing connections and relationships in my life that, you know, I have sort of endless gratitude for it. So just a sidebar totally. about Instagram. They're not paying me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not sponsored by them. But. Right. Right. We're just, you know, um, just, in, just in gratitude. We held into their algorithm and yes. All that that is, but that's not what we're talking about today. We oh, first I should say Jesse Susanna is money witch. If anyone's like, who is this woman, this person? Jesse Susanna is the money witch, and you can go to the show notes if you want to learn more about her and her work and her essences. She's super rad. Okay, so this is a question I ask everyone. This is really like the only thing I really ask everyone when they come on my podcast and answer it in whatever way feels true for you. Who are your people? Mm, I love that question. My people, I think, are my coven, which includes sort of the community around my shop, my staff, the people that we work with and collaborators. You know, I have a huge chosen family. I am not I don't, I'm not as connected to my family of origin as some people might be. So I've worked really hard to sort of cultivate a really amazing chosen family and sort of within that here in Salem, uh, and I suppose virtually via the World Wide Web, um, I've managed to sort of, um, yeah, just really create this like amazing community of people in conversation with each other and through the shop and with the shop. And um, it's amazing. I, uh, I remember reading a book called The English Book of Magic right before, again, sort of the winter before I opened my store. And 
it goes into tons of, you know, obviously like history and the lineage of sort of, you know, magic and witchcraft and like, and, and, and where all of these ideas in terms of like a Western tradition come from. But it also gave like sort of real, like uh, more contemporary examples of people, you know, living a magical life and, and, and like paying their bills with magic. And I, at the time, was not paying my bills with magic. Uh, <laughs> I was paying my bills with like a grind, you know? And I just remember thinking like, how amazing would it be if this was what I got to do? I, I had just made my, I had just invented my spell kits and I was like, what if all I had to do every day was like make spell kits and like <sighs> magic for people? Wow. What, what a dream, you know? And um, we're here, you know? So yes. It's, so, so anyways, you know, long story short, basically like I couldn't have done it without this group of people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I would want to do it without this group of people around me because they certainly reinforce the dreamlike quality that is my life every day when I, you know, just get to like hang out with and, and um, do business with people that I really admire and respect and look up to and who are, you know, sort of like psychically and spiritually aligned with how I want to live my life and what I think is important, my values and stuff like that. And I truly, one of my favorite things is sort of like pointing out the ways in which like capitalism just like lies to us, like our whole lives, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) about like, Mm -hmm. about like what we're supposed to want, you know? And so, you know, I said to somebody the other day, like, I don't want a million dollars. Like, I wish they didn't teach you that like, you know, making millions of dollars was like the most important thing because honestly, my five minute commute means more to me. Mm-hmm. You know, don't want a million dollars. Want a life that feels like nourishing and, and, and that you can live in some sort of ease and, and abundance and flow. And um, so for me, this, this, my group of people, my coven, my people, you know, they help me do that. They help me live a life that is aligned with, my values and, and with the world that I want to help build, you know? So many people are desiring that, you know, and, and for whatever reason, um, feel like they can't have that. So it's always so beautiful. I think when people share and claim, like I have got an incredible community, I've got an incredible coven, I've got chosen family that feels so nourishing and supportive. It's like, yes, we need more stories of this because we really need to overcome this sort of toxic boundaryless relationship narrative, particularly in like the women and community where it's like, well, and, and, and the rugged individualism sort of mm-hmm. you know, narrative of capitalism, which is that, you know, you don't need anyone around you and that it, it doesn't actually even uh, matter if you have anyone around you. You know what I mean? It doesn't, matter who you're working with. It doesn't matter who you see every day. Think about that for a second, you know, like just as someone who definitely worked day jobs, I mean, my whole, you know, into my thirties before I opened the store. Now I, I worked with tons of like lovely people my whole life. I, I definitely structure my life so that I surrounded myself with cool people, but a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people I think don't necessarily think about that, but look at how much time in your life you're spending with people that you work with, right? If you have sort of like a nine to five or you have a job where you go somewhere with people every day, right? And we know that like you pick up energy from everywhere, 
you know? So like, think of the energy that you're surrounding yourself with when, you know, say you work in an office with 40 other people. It's like, you can't just not take that into account, right? But Mm -hmm. I think capitalism kind of teaches you that none of that matters, right? I mean, because you kind of don't matter, right? Right, you're just a You and your energy, right, you and your energy, like, don't matter. So why would it matter who you're who you're surrounding yourself with or what kind of an environment you're going to every day or how you're getting there. Right. I just always think of like, I, um, I lived in LA well briefly when I was very young. And then, um, for a month I was there training for a job and I had to go down to orange County for one of the days and just on the way there and on the way back seeing just people sitting in traffic for like two and a half hours Mm -hmm. each way. You a know, lot of people do that. Yeah. A lot of people do that. And I just think like, like I said, I mean, I definitely had an hour and a half, two hour commute when I worked in, in Boston. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I, I was like above that, but I just, like I said, I mean, it comes back to like, now I walk five minutes to work from, from my house to my shop. And oh, amazing. It's invaluable. Just that one little piece changes my lifestyle so much that it just, it, like I said, it astounds me that the goal is like, get a job making as much money as you possibly can. Who cares what you have to do to get it and to keep it, right? I mean, that's, I don't know, that's kind of the narrative that I always worked with my whole life, right? And Oh, yeah. Uh, and I just, it's so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it just, it's so antithetical, I think, to like how humans actually like want to be and how they thrive on planet earth, which I think is being in more community, right? Yes. And we're alive in a time where we can be more choiceful with who we surround ourselves with, who we choose no longer to surround ourselves with. I mean, commutes can be a little bit harder, but we do have more choice here. I mean, you made decisions that led to opening your shop and doing magic for a living (laughs) and living five minutes down the street, you know? So I think that's something that I like to bring into my mind when I sort of feel that my wheels spinning on capitalism and this sort of like prison feeling like I'm trapped. Mm -hmm. And I remind myself of like, okay, my ancestors had way less choices than I do. And like, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to do this? You know? And what I love about you, your work is this beautiful intersection of understanding like gender and cultural studies, which you have your master's in and, and studying of the sacred feminine and folk magic. And, and also, yeah, this like energetic spell work, witchcraft type (laughs) new age spirituality. I mean, I think that is that intersection right there is where you can really make something really powerful happen with that choicefulness of our lives. Cause some people can feel very paralyzed by the choice or that they don't have it like that sort of hypnosis of capitalism. And I, that's why I'm really drawn. I mean, obviously your space is beautiful and the aesthetics of it are a spell in and of its own that draw you in. But I, I just, I love your perspective. Sometimes this witch movement we're in, right? What is it? You know, like there's so much in there. I always feel like I need to clarify my language constantly when I'm saying the word witchy or if I'm talking about magic. And so I'm really drawn to the way you do it and the way you embody it. And, and so there's a lot to be said with that. I think I'd love to just know from the beginning how you define the word witch. 
Yeah, totally. And I mean, again, like anybody who's ever heard me anywhere before knows I kind of always cite this, but I think it's a good place to start just because there are a million different ways that I personally can talk about witches and witchcraft because, (laughs) you know, um, I originally came at the subject sort of as a, well, as a teenager dabbling into in in Wicca and then I came back to it in my adult life as a historian and so and and a feminist and so just for me personally you know there's there's a lot of different ways that I kind of approach the subject and so I like to kind of go back to just as an acronym woman in total control of herself oh yeah yeah um, and and because and I think it's effective because for me, that really is what it comes down to in terms of how I use the term in describing myself, my business, what we do, what we're trying to achieve. And, and it just comes from a place of self-empowerment. You know, I, I want people to feel, to take their power back from, again, these sort of like white supremacist, capitalist, cis, hetero, patriarchal terms that we've all been raised with and I don't know. Uh, the, I, I'm like completely blanking right now, but we're swimming in the soup. Those of structures, it. right. Those structures, yeah. right. That we, that we've all been sort of placed down into and, and surrounded by and immersed in and, and, and that make up our whole lives so much that like, there's so much, I think that we can't even see around it in a lot of ways. Right. Mm-hmm. It's cool because my wife is an alien from another planet. And I think one of the most, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And, and we say, and you know, there's a few reasons why we say that, but one of them is that, you know, she has this really amazing ability to really like step outside of like almost all of the conditioning in a way that like I cannot really do. You know, I, I am definitely like a member of the material world. I, I am firmly immersed in the real sort of like ins and outs, nitty gritties of every day. And my wife, Melissa, is so good at stepping outside of all of that and saying, you know, one of her favorite things is saying, isn't it weird how, and then like dot, 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 right? And it'll be like, isn't it weird how we just pretend that like some animals don't have a consciousness? And it's like, oh yeah, that, that actually is like really weird. And that's just like one example. But so I think that there are so many ways that we can kind of take our power back from the ways that it has been stripped from us by these like structures that are meant to just like enhance production, mm-hmm. you know, productivity, heteronormativity, you know, just keeping everybody in line so that we can all be good workers and uh, keep making, you know, the billionaires tons of money. But there's like so many like wild and wonderful ways of like existing in the world outside of that. And I think that that is what the witch is truly all about for me is about exploring those ways, um, you know, which happen to, to really be taken from us by weaponized Christianity and by late stage capitalism over the course of many, many centuries. And so, yeah. Is that an answer? Totally. Okay. Totally (laughs) an answer. Okay. Okay. It brings up so much in me, mostly like historical anger. <laughs> uh, oh my, so like you live living, in Salem, Erica. Living in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh. Historical anger. I could bottle it. I mean, you know, we, we, that's the funny thing about my story is like, we actually like sort of do have some products that like do that work of like, oh, saying, really? 
this is the, yeah, I mean, there's an amazing artist. Her, her Instagram name is Snake Hair. We sell a lot of her products and one of them is, a, it's called a simple spell. I always get the exact wording wrong. Oh, well, now I have to fucking look it up. Um, <laughs> okay. But it, it's, um, it's about getting rid of white supremacists, hetero patriarchy. I believe that is the like um, exact wording of it. But because that's real. I mean, that's a real thing that I think, especially women and, and people, marginal, other marginalized sort of groups are really coming to terms with, right, is historical mm -hmm. anger. I mean, I think that's what we're seeing a lot of awakening around these days. I am here for it. Yeah. And I think that the witch is like a really perfect figure to channel that into. I mean, at the same time that in the indigenous people were being wiped out on this continent that we live in and that, you know, African-Americans were being brought over by slave ships, witches were being burned all over Europe. And it's all part of the same project, right? It's all part of the same solidifying power in the hands of like a very small fraction of the population who still ha are still in power. Right. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of, okay, it's a simple spell against the cis hetero white supremacist patriarchy and it's soap. Ooh. It's soap. And so you like literally wash it off. Oh, of so good. So that's the kind of shit that I really love giving people access to because I want to validate that anger. I want to validate that historical ba historically based anger. And then I want to give you some sort of tool to empower yourself to push back against it. Mm -hmm. That's my job. That's a great job. That's an awesome it's a, job. <laughs> it's a cool, it's a cool job. You know, I mean, like, I guess in a perfect world, I wouldn't have to do it. You know, my job suddenly felt so much bigger after the election of 2016. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I truly, I truly had no, no idea how big my job would feel. And then that happened. I, I remember the day after, you know, when a lot of people stayed in bed, I certainly wanted to stay in bed, but I crawled out and went to the shop and was like, I got to open the shop. Like, I just, I have to have the space open for people to, you know, if they want to come in and they want to cry or they want to cast a spell or they want to yell about it or whatever, but I don't have the option anymore of staying home. And I just, that sense of, of responsibility just kind of came really naturally uh, in that circumstance and um, has stuck with me ever since. We've got lots of work to do. So yeah. Hi friends. It's Becca Piastrelli here quickly interrupting this incredible conversation with Erica Feldman of House Witch. I know it's so good to let you know about something that's a little bit time sensitive here. And that is that Hearthfire is open. The doors are open. You can come in. We're ready for you. So what is Hearthfire? Hearthfire is a virtual healing and support space for women who are ready to embody their own belonging. So when I refer to belonging, I'm talking about that bone deep sense of being home. When we feel a sense of belonging to ourselves, to the natural world, to who and what we come from, and to meaningful and inclusive community, we get free, free from these systems and these patterns and these cycles and these ways of being that have held us back. 
So Hearth Fire will guide you through the seasons with weekly invitations to experience, look at, practice, or ritualize an aspect of your own journey to belonging. It could be an audio love letter to listen to on your morning walk, or it might be a ritual to do under the new moon. It could be a conscious dreaming meditation to listen to right before you go to bed, or it could be a recipe or handcraft using a seasonal plant. I also am doing a monthly coaching call, which is really the only way to get this kind of coaching and this kind of support from me every month on a certain topic. We might be leading ritual or I might be bringing in a guest teacher. We will also have monthly sister circle calls, which are really just the most potent, beautiful time to really get that witnessing and that connection and that vulnerability we all are craving. And then we have an online community, which if you've been listening, no, it's not a Facebook group that's available 24-7 and where you can get all the content and connect with each other. So Hearthfire is really a place to devote yourself to your longing, to reclaim a life that truly nourishes you and expand into the person you already know you are meant to be because we got to break these cycles of overworking, of choosing loneliness, of ignoring our body's wisdom, of choosing overwhelm and disconnection from our inner knowing. Culture is changing. The world needs us to be resilient and empowered. Come join us in Hearthfire. Choose to do life a different way in a sacred container, in a sacred sisterhood. You can go to thehearthfire.com and check it out. All right, back to this conversation with Erica. Do you ever feel unsafe using the word witch? I don't. I I think maybe just that it's been so long now. I mean, let's be honest too. I also like operate with lots of privilege. You know, I am a white cisgendered person, able-bodied, and I, I fall on the like femme end of the, you know, sort of gender presentation spectrum. So, you know, it's still like cute for me to call myself a witch, right? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I don't. And I think especially being in Salem, right? um, it's, it's par for the course around here. So that's true. It's, it's a place where people talk about witches. (laughs) So on a near constant basis. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That, um, I never really felt unsafe talking about. I didn't until a few, I had a few instances, they were all online mm-hmm. where I had some people really kind of freak out about the word and I could really feel the like weaponized Christianity within them yeah. and projected onto me and actually consulted with a few like witchy friends who were like, I'm careful with the use of that word. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I never thought of that in my privilege, right? I never thought of that. And so- right. I'm in that inquiry. I don't, I don't live in Salem, but I live in the San Francisco Bay area. So it's like pretty, yeah. not a big deal. But I, I wonder, I wonder about the people you're touching and where they live, you know, and, yeah. and, and if they can claim witch or witchy practices in the public, or if there's still parts of this parts of the world, I know that there are parts of the world where you, you can't be doing this stuff, that it's still somewhat unsafe. And in that way, you know, you're feeling your task even right. in, on a more deeper level where it's like, oh no, this is still, this is still deep and important work we've got to do. 
Totally. I mean, it's, it, you know, I definitely exist in a bubble. And when I step outside of it and say, gosh, I, I truly can't believe that in the year 2019, that word could still hold so much, such a negative connotation for so many mm. people. And that, you know, it's still so charged with the ideas of weaponized Christianity and with the ideas of patriarchy and, and, and stuff like that. It's, 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 you know, astounding to me. I live in a giant East Coast <laughs> of the United States, Massachusetts, Salem in particular bubble. Mm-hmm. What I will say though, is that we had like NBC come out a few years ago and they did a piece on the shop. I don't read those comments, you know, that that's on YouTube. And uh, I don't read those comments. There are a lot of really hateful things in them when I, you know, in the, it, just glancing. Mm. And last year, House Beautiful did um, a video on us for Instagram and for their website. That was so much fun. And it was so awesome to be, you know, the more sensational part of my business is the witch stuff. And so, you know, that's what everybody wants to talk about, right? Uh, And I get it. But, you know, I still see myself as it being like a home goods store, you know, like, I, I still want to talk about house stuff. So I was so thrilled that House Beautiful wanted to come out and talk to talk to us. And they did this little video. And Sure enough, you know, like when they posted it, I just happened to see the, some of the comments and, you know, it was like a lot of religious people calling in like armies of archangels to destroy me, you know, and we all thought it was really funny because like in the video, like I'm from the Midwest, I think I come off pretty warm. I try to be pretty down to earth and like, you know, cheerful and, and so you like watch this video and it's like literally me like opening the door to the store and be like, hi, come on into my witch store, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and they're like, and these people are like, damn you to, you know, the darkest hell, you know, whatever. And I'm like, wow, in the world. So it's not that that element doesn't come into my space. I just don't, I, I'm lucky enough that I'm in a place where I don't have to pay it much attention. Because I think that somebody who's just like going to regurgitate, you know, whatever kind of like dogma they've heard about witches upon seeing something about me, rather than like actually engaging with it, listening to what I have to say, watching this video in which, you know, I'm like, I literally just want to help you make your dreams come true. I mean, like, I think I literally (laughs) say that, you know what I mean? Somebody who's like reaction to that is that they're calling in armies of archangels like I just can't really like take that on like I don't have the bandwidth for that in my life Mm. so but that again is is a position of privilege because that is it's so far on the outskirts of my life you know I don't live inside of that so yeah I don't live in a place where that is the majority opinion I don't have people in my family or in my life who feel that way so I am able to do the work that I do because I exist in this bubble and I just, I, I acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're able to touch so many people through that. Well, and I take that responsibility seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do in terms of just that. I do think that this, that I am doing work that needs to be done by someone and I'm happy to be in the position to do it. Yeah, Totally. Same, same for me too, in my, in my own way. I think what I, what I love, I mean, I'm loving just the sort of like back and forth we're having right now about the historical anger and like the context in the oppressive systems and all that. 
And I've also, I also love the accessibility at which like the, the way you are helping people and helping them access, making their dreams come true, untethering themselves from these systems, feeling like energetically safe and protecting their bodies is through their homes. Mm -hmm. And you wrote a book called house magic that I really, really, really like. I really like the size of it. Oh. <laughs> Have you heard that? It's like the perp. It's not too small. It's not too big. It's just really yeah, totally. It's a really nice size um, that I can like put in my bag. And in it, you do sort of like witchery 101 and you cover these areas that people probably have a lot of curiosity about, but what you reinforce and probably in your workshops and in your, in your shop as well is like everything is energy mm-hmm. and that intention, when intention and meaning is brought to even just the way you sweep your floor or like what you wash your floor with or where the moon is while you do it that we can bring more meaning into it. And it's, it's, and then you use the word witch where it's just like, yes, this word is super intense historically. And look at, look at what you can do for yourself. And I think that accessibility of it feels like an important way to spread the word. You know what I mean? And get people into it more. Yeah. I mean, again, that's, that's one of my big projects, you know, it's like, it's, I really want people to, A, be able to maybe connect with something deep within their, like, ancestral tradition because, mm. you know, I was listening to, um, I was listening to your podcast with, is it Thais Sky? Yeah, Thais, yep. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, everyone who's listening to this, listen to that episode next if you mm-hmm. haven't already because mm-hmm. it was incredible and she said a million amazing things, but... And, and so did you. I mean, it was an amazing conversation. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, y- y'all were talking a lot about sort of the traditions of like our indigenous ancestors, right? Yeah. And the, it, there is this situation that I always come back to where humans existed for like hundreds of thousands of years without destroying this place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like hundreds of thousands of years, maybe even millions. I should know this because I was like reading this really fascinating book about early humans, but I can't come up with the number right now. It was staggeringly large how how long humans have actually been on the planet. You know, we think about sort of the last like 8,000 years or so, because that's what we have like written record of. But Mm -hmm. there were like, so it was like so much longer before that, that humans have been around. And they managed to like live in right relationship with, planet earth for a long time. And, you know, it was just sort of in the middle of the last millennium that we started to fall out of that relationship. And again, a lot of that is coming out of this consolidation of power of rich white men, right? And, and And the Christian church. And so I just always try to think about how humans existed before that happened, right? And it was a lot of like turning to herbal remedies and things from the earth. Crystals were definitely part of that. Of course, herbs, you know, are one of the uh, most well-known and, and still widely used, but just living in harmony with your environment and trusting other people maybe in your village who were closer to that relationship or closer to spirit to guide you in that way. But Feeling empowered, I think, within yourself 
to ascribe meaning to certain tools and certain ways of doing things and then doing them that way because it's meaningful to you. I think mm-hmm. this like top down idea of like somebody in an ad agency on like Madison Avenue telling us what is important and what works for us. Mm-hmm. That's such a new idea, right? You know, and then anything else is superstition or mumbo jumbo or snake oil or whatever, right. right? But it's like, that's such a new idea for us that I think when you give people the opportunity to reconnect to this idea of like, yeah, you know, I have always liked holding the stone when I feel anxious or like, I have always like really thought it was cool that like St. John's work might be able to, ha- I, I, whatever it is, right? I mean, there's just a million ways that you can make decisions in your life that will help you feel empowered to live your life, not somebody else's life, not the life you are quote unquote supposed to live that will make you a good citizen and a, and a good worker and all of these things but what you truly ascribe meaning to. So I just really love keeping them in their mundane world and showing them how this like magical stuff can come into it, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is, you know, that happens at, in, in the home for me. And so, yeah, I mean, like, if you could choose between using, you know, a floor cleaner, and again, the conversation of privilege can, can come in all over the place of this because I'm certainly not trying to say that um, like a store-bought, floor cleaner, if that's what you can afford, great. Like maybe just put a little intention into that bottle. Or you could buy one for me that, you know, we've charged with Reiki and it has ethically sourced ingredients and we put some gem essences in there just to add some extra vibes and all this stuff. And so that's a choice that you can make, you know, you can say Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to support this corporation that makes the, this, you know, maybe toxic cleaning chemical, or I'm going to support two, well, I mean, now our company is bigger than two people, but a couple of people who make these products by hand, who put their best intentions into it, who put their best energy into it, and all the ingredients are sourced in alignment with eco-consciousness, that's going to feel different in your life. And my, what I like to invite people into is seeing and feeling and experiencing that difference and, and telling them like, there are a million ways that you can feel this every day. Oh, yes. Also, I want that cleaner immediately. Okay. Our floor cleaner (laughs) is so good. And I like always notice a a huge difference after we use it. It's Oh my God. It's called sacred ground and it is. Okay. We are linking to that in the show notes. Everyone (laughs) go there immediately. I love what you're saying here because I think sometimes my Western mind can want to make things complicated in order to be effective. You know, like I just think Mm -hmm. back to like chemistry and how like it was hard and I didn't get it. And that was how the world works. That was like my anxious brain was telling me. And I just love looking at the broom because the broom is such like the witch like Mm -hmm. symbol Mm -hmm. and from a folk magic perspective, but also like a right in your house clean perspective, the broom feels so powerful and the idea of sweeping things in and sweeping Mm -hmm. things out yeah, and the physical like moving of energy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I always like, I always liked 
the aesthetic of a witch broom. And I like, I have a handmade one from a man in Salem, Oregon with the red broom corn. I love it. And it was just sitting in the corner of my house looking witchy. Right. And then I started sweeping with it because Mm. that's what a broom is for. And Mm. it just shifted everything because I was using my like crappy plastic target broom. And then finally I was like, what am I doing? And I just, I, I sweep with it now. And, and I think about what energy do I want to move out of the house or like what energy am I moving into the house? Am I transitioning between seasons? Was I just sick? Oh, I love cleaning house after I've been sick. It's just yes. like such a good cleanse, but yes. I, I like to bring it to the broom because the broom has been used for a long time mm-hmm. by human beings to mm-hmm. clean their home, but also to connect with the energy of it. And mm-hmm. that can be applied to, it can be applied to like a dirt devil. It can be applied yeah, to yeah. A, a sponge. It's, it's, right. um, I think that sort of opened up my eyes and sort of tuned down the volume on my Western brain being like, but you need all the things and the stuff. And it was like, it's right here. I can make yeah. magic right here. Yeah. Well, and that's why I love our our line of cleaning products that I developed with my friend Jess Lavoie, because it really is like, I mean, it's a lot of things, but one of the things that it is, is a way of saying like, magic can be infused into the most mundane and everyday tasks. You know, I mean, my favorite product of that line is the all-purpose cleaner called Abracadabra. Mm -hmm. And like, when I tell you that I like love wiping down my counters with it, (laughs) I love wiping down my counters with it. Like I love, and that's what we hear from people all the time who use these products is like, I love cleaning now. And we were like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you just you could just totally flip how you feel about cleaning if you like make it a ritual. It's Mm -hmm. not a chore. It's a ritual because Mm -hmm. you are really doing important work in your space. If you're cleaning your space, like before this interview, I cleaned off my whole desk because it had become a nightmare of (laughs) bills and papers and projects and whatever. And so I wanted to set the intention to have a nice, clear, conversation with you to be able to channel whatever needed to come through for it. So I needed to clear off my desk and clean off my desk and prepare in that way for this. Right. And that was just like a little mini ritual that I did today that that took 10 minutes, but you know, it, but there's so much meaning in that for me too, you know? So I think it's a great way of multitasking, you know, um, You know, you're grounding the the floor cleaner, the sacred ground that I mentioned before, you know, it has black tourmaline essence in it. It's meant to ground and protect your space. So you're doing that work as you're cleaning. It's really, so anyway, so Lighthouse, that's the name of the cleaning product line for me is really symbolic of like everything I'm trying to do with House Witch. And that is to raise awareness of all of the different ways that you can invite this energy into your life and, and, and to have it help you empower yourself and empower your community and, and to help you think about your place in your community and in your life. And because I, I truly believe that when you're more empowered in your personal life, then you are, are much more available to sort of go out and help your community. Mm-hmm. And our communities need so much help right now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm basically trying to, you know, build a collective of witches to eventually take the planet back over from all of the horrible, greedy capitalists. 
And so yeah. I need, sign me so up. I, right. So I need everybody feeling their best, you know, is what I'm trying to do. Right. Right. <laughs> and I love how you've infused magic and feminism into the act of wiping down your counters. So this is not playing into some belief that, you know, it's silly work or it's not important work or right. Yeah. Or it's not worth doing. It's well, domestic work. Again, it's really only like patriarchy that has like diminished the reputation of domestic work. I mean, totally. like it's a thousand percent as important as whatever happens outside. You know, I mean, it's just that like, we just like value the things that got gendered masculine and that men, mm. you know, did. It's just that that's what our society values. It's not that that's actually what is of value. I mean, if you think of like what's of value to like human beings trying to live on planet Earth, like having a shelter <laughs> and like, you know, a place to rest and a place to like revive yourself is probably like actually more important to the task of like living than like going out and waging war on some other like group of people to like plunder their wealth or whatever it is. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. So, to me, domestic work is just as important, if not more important than what's going on elsewhere. And it's really only our society that has like deemed it to be like less than or frivolous. The realm in which people gendered female um, exist is always going to be put down. It's always going to be the lesser of the two, as long as we live in the imbalanced society that we live in now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case, you know? I mean, and so I think that's an important part of the project too, right? Is saying like, listen, caring about your home and the energy of it and the functionality of it is not meaningless it's not it's not this like frivolous task of like some idea of like a 1950s housewife that's not true I mean right. I, like again I mean just going back to sort of like earlier like more indigenous societies like yeah like everybody had to have a place to come back to to actually be able to sustain themselves right like a physical mm -hmm. structure and um yeah it was mostly the the job of of women to to keep that together. And it's just so wild. This is one of these things that like my wife would say, like, isn't it weird that we just decided that that's not as good as like <laughs> raping and pillaging, you know, like, right. or, or whatever it is. So, yes. So I like to sort of confront, you know, to push back against that idea as well. Totally. Totally. Oh my gosh, our time went really fast. So <laughs> I, I'm going to close us now sure. and just say that um, go buy her book, House Magic. Go to housewitch, H-A-U-S, witchstore.com and buy all the things. Follow Housewitch on Instagram. And if you're in Salem, go to the store. And I have a quick question, which is, should we avoid Salem at Halloween or should we definitely go? Oh boy. I mean, it depends. If Halloween is the your favorite thing on planet Earth, you love crowds, you want to be probably cold and have to go to the bathroom for like hours and hours and hours with no relief in sight, come to Salem on Halloween. Got it. If that sounds like a nightmare to you, don't come to Salem on Halloween. And really, I mean, the whole month of October is pretty bananas. If any of that sounds bad to you, don't come on a weekend. 
come and I'm and I am gonna make this announcement because this is very real and about a million people are gonna descend on my town next month. So this is this is a true PSA. Well, it'll be this month when this comes out. So oh right. Okay. It's happening yes, right month. now. <laughs> it's happening right now. If you are a little bit of an introvert and you still are coming to Salem in October, try to come during the week. It's not as crazy, but if you're coming on a weekend, like get a helmet and <laughs> And good luck to you. And I mean, you can come and see us and you'll have some fun in the shop with us, I'm sure. We, we have a lot of fun, but I can't help you with the bathroom thing. I'm sorry. Oh, I can see <laughs> I, that. I apologize in advance. You, you cannot use our bathroom though. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Do you do anything special for Halloween or Samhain or anything in October that we can let people know about in the shop? Oh, I mean, we have a lot of events happening and you can see those on our events page, which is just housewitchstore.com slash events. Those are all the public ones. And then my coven and, and everybody who works at the store, we end up having a bonfire on Halloween oh, um, awesome. where, we, where we kind of relive our favorite moments, favorite in quotation marks, favorite moments from the month, which anybody who has worked in customer service before and knows what I'm talking about. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, just throw everything that is no longer serving us into the bonfire. And um, it's, it's a really nice way to close out the season here because October is very, very important to Salem's economy, house witches success. And so even though it's kind of, uh, it, it's a lot of work, but we like to really honor it at the end. Good um, for you. Yeah. Have gratitude for it. But yes, it, it's a, it's, it's a lot. So anyways, but well, thank you so much for having me. This is a great conversation. I hope I didn't ramble too much. No, it's awesome. Um, I love hearing what you have to say and your perspective and yeah, just so much gratitude to you for all the very hard work you and your team have put into this brand and this, and these products. And I know you're supporting a lot of small craft and herbalists and medicine makers and just really wanting to shine a light on you and say thank you so much for what you're doing to help those of us that feel that calling to doing things differently, feel that frustration and that urge to unlearn and rewild and, and really heal this like wound. Oh, I love that. Unlearn and rewild. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a tote bag. Do it. <laughs> no, really. Thank you. Thank you for your, for what you're doing for this. I really, really mean it. It's so important and, and um, good luck this October. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for, you know, witnessing all of that. It's truly my, my dream. And, um, and I'm just like grateful, you know, thank you to you for, you know, highlighting people who are, who are trying to also unlearn and rewild. It's, it's, that's important work that you're doing as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I know your time is sacred and I hope this episode infused some inspiration and meaning into your day. For show notes, links, and references from this episode, you can go to belongingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to Belonging on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a moment, leave a review. This helps my little podcast reach more listeners, and I would be ever so grateful.